0: You get accept in life that men have a different brain and they just happen to be smarter, there's nothing wrong with that. But we are emotionally smarter, you know, but but that's that's a value we give birth. Think of yourself as an extension of mother nature. I don't, I don't want to think of myself as an extension of mother nature, thank you very much. That sounds
1: bullshit. I want the big job, I want the big money, I want to be listened to. From Soho Media Club, this is Naked Stories. A series taking you into the inner world of the media industry, where prejudice and glass ceilings are laid bare. Stories that are hard to tell out in the open, but have the power to change the future. Produced by PRL Studio, I'm Roses Okipo. Welcome to Episode 5, The Bathroom. You can't categorise diversity based on what a person looks like. It's what that person can do for the organisation. Charles K. Paul Confidence is so easily mistaken for arrogance. Have you ever met someone who is tough on the outside and seems cold on the inside? They are not your typical friend material, not the first person you'd approach, but if you take the time to dig deep and understand them, you might find a diamond. This is Iris. Nonchalantly, she strides in. Iris is strong, seems fearless, confident and assertive Before the interview we get our drinks, make small talk But soon after her defences go up I can see she's second guessing being here I fear that she's going to pull out of the interview But I trust the process and I believe in what we are doing I start digging, I am looking for that diamond It doesn't take long after telling me about her boring French suburb upbringing, she lets down her guard and tells me how she saw herself as a child. Um, weird. Weird, corky, nerdy, very, very shy. And how does she see
0: herself now? Pretty much the same, just lying about the Chinese. It's sort of like fake it until you make it. <laughs> I'm going to talk to human beings, see how that goes. Usually poorly, but I'm going to pretend I don't mind. Well, no, shy isn't the right word, but I'm very anxious. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. I'm quite a contradicting person, and I think I've learned to deal with my anxiety, mostly. So just like, I'm quite resilient these days. I think that's, if you were looking for an evolution, I think that's the evolution. Um, I just used, when I was, you know, younger, I just couldn't talk to another human being. Like in other pathology, I had phobia. So yeah, I just spent a long time in, in therapy and kicking myself to sort of overcome it. But that was the thing, that's what men like, by being contradicting, because I'm that, but at the same time, I thought, well, I don't want to be that, therefore... I moved away in a country, even though I didn't speak the language, and then across the continent by food, which is very stupid to do when you're that shy, because then you have to talk to a human being, and that's awful. That was very painful, you know? So that's what I meant by I'm contradicting, because it's like, well, it's boring to be that. Life is not going to be interesting. I'm going, Even if it's painful, I'm going to do whatever makes life interesting
1: quite a unique character, Iris doesn't really rely on her emotions. Maybe she's afraid that her emotions will guide her wrongly, but I get the sense that Iris prefers to use logic thinking, mental toughness and a little controversy to make tough decisions. Like,
0: basically, the way I made decision until very recently was like, if you reach a, like a crossroad and you have to choose between left and right, it was like, well, it's like, what is going to be the most interesting story? Even if it was putting myself in danger to some extent. i be like, yeah, but that's going to be a great story to remember.
1: Her first job was in a small French cafe. It was located near a construction site. You can picture it now, a hole in the wall, stained red and whitish tablecloth, the air laced with the smell of strong coffee, fighting the even stronger smell of cigarettes, and typical, inappropriate banter across the tables. It's your typical cafe,
0: typical. You, it's beautiful, actually. Almodovar from from it there about the Spanish War. That's how beautiful it is, right? So I get a job there. I'm 17 years old, and so you've got like this. Oh, is it so it keeps on like a little stretch and you've got those ancient sort of colon outside and those amazing original poster not like trying to be something it's all from the 20s it's gorgeous and at the end of the contour you have this overweight white male guy always reading the paper while pretending to read the paper um and it's a cliche of your or your bow owner because it's just there blah, 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 you know and drinking since like ten in the morning or whatever, and yeah, it's a cliche. But anyway, I worked there, and and I get to, I quite like being a waitress at that time because being a waitress in that part of the country, you don't really do any work. Like I can remember the first day I started there was everything a smoke outside. It's like my first day, and I really want to be impressive and so forth. And and the manager was female as well. She's training me, right? So we we having a chat and a ciggy. First client comes in. And I threw me a cigarette, I'm like, I'm going to impress him. She's like, grab me by the arm. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I thought I was going to take that order. And she's like, uh-huh, girl. She's like, put another cigarette, put it in my mouth. She's like, they are not the priority, okay? I was like, oh, I like how you roll. This
1: is fun. Sitting in cafes and staring is a national pastime in France. Men, women, children and dogs watch the world go by. However... This is not a carte blanche to ogle at young girls and Iris was not going to take any shit. Not for starters, main course or dessert. It's just not her personality to hold back. So I'm working there and there's like some
0: guy from a nearby construction
1: work and I give them the coffee and they like, make a
0: comment. I can't remember exactly. I know it was like about my ass of some sort. And I'm like, great, that's, that's great. I'm 17 years old. Hello, um, you know whatever but I'm sort of used to it because it's quite common where I come from even today you know so I'm like all right just don't do it let it I'm like haha fun let's stop at that it's like, oh you know okay I go to my bus was like still at the end of the control with that and I make the coffee and I'm like you know they say that I'm not fun like a strike one sort of thing you know and it's like oh darling what do you think I hired you for all like, right of coffee <laughs> and it's like have you seen what you're wearing for the record am i wearing a dress that goes down to my knee but that's interesting right because i shouldn't have to even mention what i was wearing and the fact that i remember it is quite interesting as well i can exactly know you know it was a lovely black dress with straps on the shoulders uh, no neckline whatsoever because i'm quite young and overweight and sort of like a belt around the waist and open to my knee a lovely little black dress and so I'm like, okay, cool. I make the coffee and we, like, run my ass. So I'm like, okay, this is this is annoying. <laughs> so I go back to my boss. and I'm like, okay, it's getting worse. Like, you need to do something or I will. Because I'm like, the, the only reason I'm not doing something, because it's your calf, I want to make a scandal. But I will make one if you push me to it. It's like, oh, get over your fucking self. This is what you are here for. This is a biz. He's talking like he's fucking Jeffrey Epstein or something. I'm dude, you're in a cafe, in a tiny village. No one gives a shit about you, right? I go back a very, very strong boiling cafe, and I just walk back and I poured it on this guy's crotch, and I just took my my apron. And I just I watch way too much American TV. Did I mention that? Because definitely come from that. Anyway, I just threw the apron and I'm like, well, I quit!
1: Because I'm quite, quite dramatic. queen.
0: And I just walked off. And it was very satisfying.
1: Well, damn! French arrogance? No. Self-defense? Come on. That's unacceptable behavior anywhere in the world.
0: I think I've seen people being, limiting themselves and not gaining much out of it, like not getting much out of respecting the rule you know not pushing their boundaries and I thought well like I don't believe in anything I believe when I die I die which is you know I don't mind other people believing other things but as far as I'm concerned well what is it worth it you know why why not yes it's a bit scary yes it's that but life's too short and I feel like I've missed out on so much already
1: quirky nerdy kids don't normally grow up to be badasses I wanted to know where did this strength come from I almost died when I was in my early 20s. I
0: just got an infection when I was traveling that just spread because I'm very stubborn and I didn't go to a doctor, that's my fault. (laughs) It spread to my stomach and my ovaries and, and one night I just couldn't move. I think it took me like at least one or two years to realise it happened. Because at the time, you wake up, you feel like, I'm not joking, you're genuinely full of morphine. And you've got someone you've never met above your your bed. It's like, hello darling. So you almost die, you may never have children, uh, but everything's all right. And you're like, I'm floating. there is a unicorn next to you. How are you doing? Yeah, it takes a bit of time to digest that information. And I was scared of fuck. And I woke up and I was like, well... It's not worth it being scared, being shy, putting limitation. Because I'm only 20, I thought it was immortal, and I'm fucking not. You know, it could stop at any point. So without fucking, I'm going to take, you know, do all the things that you're not supposed to do and be all the thing that I want to be.
1: Iris can't comprehend how others can tolerate this type of environment.
0: It's... It's weird. It's weird.
1: And I think it's interesting to see how
0: other people stand it, I And going back and seeing some friends still in this situation and putting up with it. And I'm like, you shouldn't have to put up with it. And like, stop being so radical. And I'm like, dude, you need to stand up for yourself a bit more. You need more self-respect
1: because they're not going to give it to you. Despite always standing up for herself, until recently, Iris assumed she was partly the problem. I always
0: assumed I was a problem because, like I said, I've always been odd and corky and weird, and that's been an issue since I'm a child with other human beings in general. So it was like, yeah, it's just me, right? It's only recently, when with the Me Too movement etc., people talking up, and I'm like, oh, oh, you've been freed as well. This is interesting, you know. But before that, I was just i like, was yeah, just really unlucky and not a very likable person.
1: This girl's life is serendipitous, so I couldn't help wondering whether it was another life event which led her to filmmaking. Of course it was.
0: When I was in, like, 14, 13 years old, I was in this shitty school that I didn't like. I didn't like the people. I just wanted to go as far away as I could, basically. And um, a friend of mine was going to open days at this school where they have a lot of options. I thought, it's far away. <laughs> I want to come. And I went in and um, I was quite, I don't know, I don't know how to put it, like, I had a tension issue, but I wouldn't make up by just like being quite fast at catching things. Um, so I was really bored at school, basically. And I went into this open school and, and this guy was giving us a pitch about film. And he spoke like that, very, very slow. It's very painful to listen to him telling you about this story. And yet, I was fascinating. And I remember thinking, it's the first time that I've listened to every single word someone has said. Because it's, 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 I don't know what he's talking about, but it's amazing. This person's amazing. So I went to see him and I was like, what do you do? And he's like, I teach film. And I was like, well, I want to do that.
1: For the first time ever, something had captured Iris's attention. She was engaged, locked in, There and then, she decided that that's what she was going to do. Just one moment of inspiration impacted her direction in life. A simple entry into the film industry in France was not enough for Iris. If you've clocked already, she likes to challenge herself, always pushing her own boundaries. Sometimes, you have to get lost before you can be found. She packed up and confidently came to the UK to start her career in film. Wait, I'm going to get
0: on with things and, you know, all this great thing going to happen and then a British person talked to me. It's not the same thing in America, right? But she's obviously brought up on American TV. And they talked and I was like, oh, wow, well, I'm Scrooge. That's not going to work, is it? I didn't know anyone. I felt very lonely and very ostracised. But for some reason,
1: I had decided... I was gonna do it, so I just went on with it. Iris had moved from her small village in France, where the horses were more diverse than the people, to the melting pot of London.
0: That was when I moved here and I didn't speak English. (laughs) I was trying to like apply for a runner job or whatever. And one Sunday evening, I remember I was living in Northwest London, with a man who was actually starting to have Alzheimer. So he would forget that I lived there, which is not very practical which will make sense in the story I'm about to tell. Um, so anyway, I leave there and, and I receive a phone call on a Sunday evening saying, hey, can you come in tomorrow to be a scripts provider? And I'm like, I'd love to, but I don't really understand the word you're saying to me right now. You should be aware of that. Um, also, I've no idea what this job is. So like, I'm going to be for it. Like, I want the job because I want a job. Like, but I have no fucking clue what this is. And then are like, it's OK, it's OK. You can come in. She, she was Italian, the lady on the phone. She so said, it's fine, it's okay, we'll figure it out tomorrow, you don't need to worry, you know, it's fine. I'm like, great, love it. And I'm thinking, what? Well, it's got to be a junior job if you get me in, right? It's got to be, I don't know you're the head of the department of any sort. And I show up the next day, and so she's like, you have to read the script tonight. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And 150 pages, don't understand a word, because it's like about Indian women in UK, so you also have a lot of expression that I don't get being a foreigner. So I'm Googling all night. I'm like, what is this word meaning? What is it? You know, I'm completely lost. And I show up and the line producer, right? She's like, just march on me. And she's like this very tall, affirm- assertive woman. Like, And she's like, do you know what you're doing? No. <laughs> and she's just like, I remember her face just, just, just smells. And she's turned around to the production coordinator. And she's like, fucking hell, she just walk off. And I'm like, this can going go great just fun uh, <laughs> it was quite funny and so the entire crew was from up north meaning that it was even more difficult for me to understand anything so i ended up miming with with the dp because i didn't understand what he was saying so we were using all yeah that was quite fun and i didn't understand anything that the indian actresses were saying because indian accent is very strong for someone who's not used to it so I was like was the line okay i was like it was great wonderful wonderful you know I don't know what I'm doing here <laughs> so that was my first
1: job in in the film industry it was in Iris it was a disaster a French girl working with a northern crew and Indian actors there's a sketch in there somewhere I was curious about the story behind the landlord with Alzheimer's so iris breaks it down I would come up so like it was very stressful right so it's so
0: I would because you know when you just script rising how there's notes you have so many notes everywhere you're buried in paper and what they don't tell you about this job it's not like 10 hours you're on set you go on whatever no 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 then you have four hours of doing notes and you don't know you know they give you things to fill up and I'm like I don't know what that means so anyway I'm busy doing that for four hours after shoot and I come home in the middle of the night I have three hours to sleep and he's moved everything in my room he's taken my clothes away he's taken them up and I'm like Dave hello Let's call him Dave. I'm like, do, do you mind if I, like, you know, get my clothes back? He's like, what are you doing here? This is my daughter's room. And yes, it used to be, but I remember we had this chat and I live here and I reading really in my clothes. So it was very, it was very tricky to to deal with this two situation. And it would also turn the eater off because he forgot to lived here. So it was really, really cold winter. So I remember my, my toe actually frozen, like the end of it.
1: And I was like, this is madness. This is my new life. You can't make this shit up. We are discovering that part of what drives Iris is to go against the grain. So, of course, this doesn't put her off. But I fell in love with the job. Though. I, felt, I felt it
0: was an amazing job. Even though I didn't fully understand what it was, I felt it could be great. So I decided to push it that. I don't like monotony. I like meeting new people and having weird, interesting conversation. And I think lately I've discovered that I have something to say. That's not just having an interesting life. You know, when I'm old, I want to sit down under an oak tree and just tell stories.
1: Determined and stubborn, Iris continues to work her way into, around and up the film network. Iris is not one to beat about the bush people heard her words and felt her attitude. An experience where this trait gave empowerment to others occurred during a five-week shoot. She was working on a set as a script supervisor.
0: You work closely with the directors, the DP, and um, the first aid And each department Which is why it's fun, because you get you get to see a lot of different jobs and interact with a lot of people, and you can hide behind your piece of paper most of the time, which is lovely. But you're always on the forefront of things right and you're really close to the directors and they say of a good script supervisor that she needs to know what the director thinks before you fix it um and that's that's our job you know and we like the shadow whispering because obviously for ego purposes you can let them you cannot let anyone know that it was a new idea but that's part of the job this one particular job was the sort of vanity project which there is a lot of in the film industry people that just throw their own savings at something but they don't necessarily understand the industry,
1: they don't understand filmmaking to a different extent She soon noticed that the director was acting suspect getting off on things So when they were
0: shooting this scene and, and yeah it's sort of a love scene in the bathroom, classy and it has to happen because it's a very tight location right? so he's with his monitor alone and I have my own money too, so I want to be near him. And we hear him just going, ah, 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 getting off the fucking scene. And he's like, "Let's go again, and let's go again." We had six take, and at the end, we're like, "No, we're not going again. Fucking weird. Yeah. You know? So he would always make sure that the actresses were wearing something very short, and he would always lean over the shoulder of the. DP, uh, Director of Photography, saying, go down, go down. And they were filming, meaning, even if they were talking, film their crotch
1: and, and their
0: leg, right?
1: Iris shared her concerns with two male colleagues, the first AD and the DOP, who agreed that this was not acceptable.
0: And the DP was quite confrontational, which was a good thing in that job. And it just, like, kept on getting worse and worse and worse. So the three of us sort of sensing a there was a the fact that this person did not know what he was doing so from a professional point of view we needed to direct this film for him which happens more than you think on this sort of level job which is not a real film um, but then there was also the we need to protect other people from him and it's really interesting when I talk with other department about this film because he worked they don't realise how perverted this person was. So so that worked. We did protect most people from him. It was hard, however, to protect the actress from because they were on the forefront, you know, and it was it was so diminishing to them. It was just you know that thing, I'm sure you've been through that. It was just not looking at them. Just past you if you talk and just ignore that word come out of your mouth like you're not even present in this room. You know, you're merely here to be pretty, you're an object, right? And it just and it just got worse and worse and like sometimes we were shooting we would just be by the camera and do like weird fucking noise and we're like that is not okay
1: when it came to Iris the director felt like he needed a man interpreter to regurgitate what she had just said
0: part of my job is telling someone when something doesn't work it's just part of the job it's okay the reason I raise it is so we can fix it and make it work that's why that's literally part of. A uh, job description, but he did not like that because I'm a woman. So we would have this meeting with the DP, the first lady, and I and him. And I would say something, oh, right, so that doesn't work. We need to go there. I just look past me, not acknowledge anything. And he would always like make it a point to leave a bit of silence afterwards and then turn to the first lady or the DP and say, well, So what should we do about this? And they were like, Well, she just told you. And they, they decided to play stupid in the sense that they say, well, we don't know, so you should ask her. And she's like, no, but I want your opinion. I remember after a few days of that, because I was constantly, every day, all day long. And the DP just looked at him and it was like, well, this is because she's a woman. Like, let's call a cat a cat. And he was like, oh, and he just walked off.
1: The DOP stood up for her, but it fell on deaf ears. It was time for Iris' alter ego, who our core is, to rise up to the surface and stand up to him.
0: I started to be more of a shield because I was like, this fucking annoys me. I don't care if I lose this job at this point.
1: And I was quite annoyed at
0: how he should treat the actress. And I thought, well, they're left on their own in front of that camera. It's not great. And I was quite inspired by what the first AD and the DP were doing for me. I was like, well, I need to be that shield for the actress and for the other people. And so I was just always sort of put myself in between him and them and call him out. And I just started to call him out on all of this bullshit. Okay? It was like, they so would go for something. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Because he decided to not listen to me in private when I was doing my job professionally and calmly. Because he was so offensive. I thought, okay, you want to play that game? I can play that game.
1: Race was tested. What she was requested to do next is just astonishing. So a few
0: days pass again and I'm called out with the producer and they're saying, listen, it's great, love your job. You know how they always say that in the film. Well. Love what you're doing. By the way, could you stop talking? I'm stop talking. It's like, yeah, you speak too much.
1: Like you, you can stay here, but just don't talk. Silenced. But she knew the director was behaving inappropriately. So she tried to get her point across to the producer. But you're shooting yourself in
0: the foot because what you shoot is not cutting together and the way you dress people is inappropriate. And I told that to the producer in private. I was like, it's not okay. And you just laugh it off. It was like, oh, whatever, it's a job. I was like, but it's not for those people. Like, it's easy for you to say it's a job. You're not on the receiving end of it. And if you let it be on the job, but you have 10 jobs like that in a row, it's become your life.
1: You know. She'd been dismissed again. Iris wasn't about to give up. It was only because of the alliances she had formed that she even stayed. If the plan doesn't work, change the plan, but never the goal.
0: I was ready to walk off and the first lady in the DP say, don't walk off. You, if you walk, we walk, so they'll have to listen to you at some point. There has been a, sh- a shift in the industry where people support each other more. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge that because they were amazing. And I ended up having to do my job from the bathroom because the actors knew he didn't know his job. So I would cut the take, I would go to the bathroom and they would follow me, make sure the director was in there. It was like, oh, was that okay? Should I do this? Should I do that? It was completely ridiculous,
1: you know? But it is what it is. And you know, I know, only a week of more of that and, you know, and we're done. This continued until the last day of filming when a simmering, bubbling cauldron of sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace was now reaching its boiling point. In this film, there was a point where one of the male characters was being
0: violent to the, f- the lead female, and then he disappears from the film, and there was never a dress, Which, okay, that works. You know, not my type, not my cup of tea, but that works. And in this last scene of the film, all of a sudden, he decides to have this man come back, enter an empty house, like just breaking in making his way to the female bedroom, another female that he's never met before in the film, who happens to be naked. <laughs> um, that doesn't really work. And the interesting thing is he told no one. So he just took the, the actress in the morning, in a room, locked himself in with the actress in the room. She's asked for a chaperone. She asked me to be there, but he refused to have me there. And he's like, yeah, you're going to have to be naked today, or from what I understood, she wasn't actually in danger. I still think that out of principle, you shouldn't do those things. The issue needed to be tackled, and the trio did exactly that. So then we like talk about him, about the new scene we're in, um, just ahead of the department. And we're in the room where it's meant to happen. And we're like, okay, maybe you don't realize because you're male and you know, but what you're saying with this scene is making the glorification of physical abuse. It's dangerous. A, we don't really want to be saying that. B, on a very cynical level, if you do that, you shoot yourself in the foot for your film because it's not really a great time to be saying those things. It's not the 50s anymore, darling. Because we're thinking maybe the cynical side of things is going to get him, right? Because I don't think he has the conscious on heart. And he's like, no, no, I think you guys are overreacting. You're being too this, too that. And I remember the DP looking at him. He's like, OK, so you're saying it's fine to walk in and just slap a woman across the face if she
1: annoys you. And he's like, if she deserves it, yeah. What a twat. The trio had created a secret WhatsApp group for the cast and crew, where they could exchange thoughts and give each other support. That's where we were making sure that, you know, when the actor wanted
0: to talk, they could come to us. Whatever happened, we would always post it on the WhatsApp group, so, so just speaking up, isn't it? Makes it real and knowing that people listen. So that was that was a safe space, basically.
1: It was in this group that Iris announced that enough is enough.
0: So we had a WhatsApp group with all the crew members that would build for moral support, basically. So everyone that needed to talk, we we could talk. Um and I said, listen guys, it's nothing against you. I love this team. You all amazing, professional, become a point where you need to stand up. So I'm like, I'm I'm walking out because this is not okay. And someone needs to say it's not okay. And the actresses need to know that that's not okay. Because there's always a good argument, you know. So I'm walking off. I want to let you know before, because it's respectful, but that's it. And then the DP say, oh, no, if you're walking off, I'm walking off. They first say that. And then the actresses that were on the group, they say, thank you so much. You're giving us strength. If you're walking off, we're walking off. And we said, everyone was walking off. So we were like, OK. So we told that. He was like, well, if this happened, I'm walking. You do your film. you do you, I'm, I'm not being part of this shit. And everyone, that was the same. So then eventually he didn't do the scene.
1: A triumph, yes. The scene got cut. But it wasn't a celebratory moment. The damage was done and the hollow pride and cheap thrills of an unprofessional director had made a long-lasting impact.
0: And I remember after that, we had the rock party, and the actress, the main actress, she just cried on my shoulders and other people's shoulders for hours, because she was like, I'm a piece of shit, I'm worthless, I will never do any acting. Like, thank you so much, guys, like, not just to me, but like to the team, for your support and so forth, but I feel like, me, it's me phrasing it right.
1: Iris reflects on this
0: and what's going through her mind. I'm really frustrated when like I can deal with someone thinking differently, but I find it very frustrating to feel like we live in different realities. So I try to find bridge so we can visit each other's reality, right? So I guess I just try and find a common language. And and the way I deal with things in general, I just park things because being too emotional. I've noticed gets in the way of resolving or diffusing a situation right so try well I'm sure it fell often but the intention is to park the emotion on the side and 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 deal with the present situation if that makes sense and like I said earlier as well because it's only become a realization lately that has to do with my gender many times I just well that's just life right and you just have to deal with it you just have to go on with it and I think in a way you were asking also earlier why you know why I was so pinyate and so forth because I didn't realize. Lies. it had to do with my gender and I just thought well these asshole people being assholes well then in a way it was freeing to deal with it and it's not I mean it's, it's not entirely true because some of it was obvious that it was to do with my gender but I just yeah I guess I didn't think about it I don't know I'm sorry none of this fully makes sense Would you classify him as a predator a pervert a pervert definitely predator I don't know because like I say there was something very small about him a pettiness cowardness. I'm not sure he was able to act on it. Inaki would hide from us sometimes when he knew he'd done something bad. Like literally, for one hour we lost the director. Like, when has that ever happened? You know, he was hiding in a small closet somewhere and i like, dude, like, Jesus Christ. But at the same time he wasn't a predator in the sense that he did hurt people. He did hurt those actresses. So I don't know, it depends how you classify a predator because I don't think he would have sexually abused them. I don't think he would have crossed that line. But he was a predator to understand that he did hurt them emotionally. So that's still predatory, isn't it?
1: So, yeah. The positive thing to come out of this experience was the friendships and alliances she had built. I love them. Those are great. I, I, thought, I
0: thought it was great because again, living in different realities, right? And for a long time, it felt like certain things men wouldn't get. And you know what, you know, it's not necessarily explicit, but you know exactly that's why someone looking at you into the eyes or something. And we all know, but for a long time, people have just been like, yeah, get on with that. And to have them noticing it and, and being such vocal people about it, I thought that's brilliant. Not because they're male, but because then you feel like you are supported. You know, people value you enough to stand up for you. That's an amazing feeling. I think that was the first time that ever happened. And that is her strategy now. And I guess, in the way, I tend to surround myself with people that are similar to me because, well, we tend to get along. So, so that's nice as well. I've got, like, friends, whether they're girlfriend or male friend. they're just like, they're not taking shit from anyone. And it's very inspiring. It's quite fun to watch.
1: She gives an example of the type of inspiring character she gravitates towards. There is a really roadie guy um, and he was just making comment after comment
0: after comment about female about race like and it was just getting worse because the first comment you're like ah oh, i give you a pass I'm only it's seven in the morning we don't know each other you probably didn't mean it but you have the second comment and the third comment it's not just one person who becomes with the entire crew and i know you you're just a dick all right uh, <laughs> but we were just all working and and this person who happened to be my friend and the producer he just Apparently walked on her and was like, "Oh, your leg, you're like this fantastic creature. And then like become very inappropriate. And she was about to walk off and she does a double take. And she's like, uh, let's call him Guy. Guy, you gotta stop talking. I don't care what you think. My legs, it's hot. Okay, if you got a problem with my leg, just look somewhere else. Okay, otherwise you can walk off fucking set. And then he was just like, oh yeah, well done, girl. And the day, she wasn't aggressive about it. She was just like, matter of fact, she was like,
1: you can do that. Is the culture in France any different? Iris recalls an experience in Paris and as she unfolds the story I realise that it's the same shit just a different shovel. I don't know
0: it pisses me off that I have to talk about all of this. It pisses me off that it's part of my life. I just want to get on and do my job. You know? And a lot of the things that happen there about particular jobs just went to and I feel like well, it's my fault, I should be better, I should, you know.
1: It went to a point of exhaustion. The impact of the hostile environment has started to manifest itself in physical ways. It went to a point of exhaustion that
0: I couldn't hear, like, I drove myself to a point of exhaustion for multiple reasons. Um, I woke up one day, I lost my earring for a week, and when I confronted him with it, and I was like, it's because of the environment you've created. Like, you put, and like, I'm a hard fucking worker. Like, I'm really. And I was working for him 50 hours, 45 hours a week. I was working in the evening and then the weekend because he refused to pay me what he should pay me. And I was like, okay, dude, like, we, that's not going to work. And he was like, oh, your is so entitled. And he really pissed me off. And that's when he was like, oh, you've become too British. And I remember I left by being like, like, you know, you're
1: just not cut up for this job. You're smart in a different way. Iris takes me to the glamorous Cote de Zoo The sun is shining There is glamour everywhere And it's full of film parties I close my eyes I'm there baby I can hear the warm sea And feel the stardust all around me I can taste the canapés Uh, yeah There's a buck coming I remember this one time. Um, I was in Cannes Festival
0: with a friend because he is he's, he's an amazing, he's one of those genius animation guy. Like he did everything for himself, but he's also an hermit. And I'm not I'm not meaning that as an expression, he's a genuine hermit. Which is why he called me one day and he's like, Can you come with me? Because I got selected in Cannes, but I really don't fucking want to talk to a human being. So can you do that? And I was like, Yeah, I'm coming, baby. <laughs> and like Festival of Cannes all drinks and so forth. Um, I was curious, right? All those mundane things is not necessarily something I love, but something else, like, well, it's something I was like, something to experience one time. So we go there. And uh, and yeah, so you dress up because it's kind of nice. all those fun. It's right? so fun. I have one fancy outfit, like I don't know how many. So I'm wearing this one fancy outfit with heels. I really struggle. And I'm really struggling and walking like cobblestone, like very complicated. <laughs> I'm focus on that. I'm like, okay, one foot. Great, this is working, guys. Second foot. That's good. I'm, I'm gonna hold onto your shoulder because this is this is tricky. You know, it's it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing it takes all my attention at this point. And so we end up in this party. It's all about the parties. I oh, was this part where I don't know. We had a party with a swimming pool. So. Couple of stones, swimming pool very tricky and and this guy comes to us and he happened to come from the same area i come from and so i'm like oh great so we start chatting and so forth and he's with a female director i thought it's great so nice to see a female director from my side of the world and he look at my friend who's i'm accompanying and he's like oh it's smart what you're doing you brought the legs i'm right here i'm happen to not be deaf you, sorry, you may have thought I was deaf, but actually I'm not. <laughs> so could you pretend not to be an asshole? I don't know, just try. You know, and he was like, oh, darling. Come on, we all know why you're here. And I saw swimming pool, I as I really want to throw you in there. And just like...
1: Wait, wait, wait. Pick up that shovel. There's more shit to scoop.
0: And I'm like, well, I'd rather you don't say that. You can think it. Can't stop you from that. But shut up. And it's like, well, come on stop being so emotional or you're on your period is something sweet so and i'm like i think I, you know i think as much as you think you know it's like you just make it sound like i'm just here for my looks first of all that's not really smart you could have got someone more beautiful if that's what you're going for you got to get you know the proper beautiful one not just tiny one um stupid. So anyway, and I make a joke about that, not because I actually think it, but as a way to diffuse the situation. And then the female director next to him goes, oh, darling, darling, <laughs> I remember when I was your age, I was exactly the same. So much anger, but your omen will settle down, you know, you got to accept in life that men have a different brain and the I just happen to be smarter. There's nothing wrong with that. But we are emotionally smarter, you know? But but that's that's a value. We give birth. Think of yourself as an extension of Mother Nature. I don't, I don't want to think of myself as an extension of Mother Nature. Thank you very much. That sounds bullshit. I want the big job. I
1: want the big money. I want to be listened to. So, Iris is encircled by these older mofos who have probably been in the industry longer than she's been alive. I mean, where was the girl power... I can only imagine how crushing it was to not have the only female in the circle have your back.
0: Wow, she sounded stupid. I was like, it's, it's a shame for her, I feel. I think at the time, I felt very angry and very frustrated. Because, again, you feel like you're in this different reality and, and you feel mad. You feel like you're going crazy. I think now, however, I love proving people wrong. I just got that sort of contradicting mind. Even if you're right... I'll think something different just because that's way more fun, right? Um, so I guess from that in a way, it has become a drive because that person, by the way, that I met that night, I am, he's not funding one of my projects. I went back years later and I was like, I'm doing this and you're going to fund it. And, and I don't know how it happened, but it did. So in a way, I've got my revenge on that moment because now he's completely behind me. Um, and he's like, oh, wow you've got good ideas.
1: Sometimes it takes balls to be a woman. Being tough is how Iris got to where she is in life. She sees the value in it. So she keeps challenging herself to higher standards. Being someone who is opinionated and doesn't accept bullshit, you can find yourself on a lonely island.
0: Most people hate me. Like on set, I'm usually and I don't mean to, it's just, uh, I, I really don't mean to. I want to be nice to people, but I come across in a certain way. Because of those things, you know, I need to be more boyish, I need to be more rude. You know, I need to talk in a certain way so people know not to mess with me, which is not me. I just have to do it. Like, for those reasons that we talked about. People are quite often scared of me. Um, and I've learned that from people i worked with. And like, Oh, this person have said that, this person have said that. And I don't love it, but if that's the only way that I can get respect... You know, hopefully I managed to find a balance because I hate it, but, yeah, I don't know, if that's the only way I can go forward, I'll go on with it. I don't like it, but it is what it is.
1: It sounds like a very lonely place to be. Yeah, it is.
0: But it would be as lonely if I didn't do those things and, like, what, what, you know, like, if I did play the game, what do I get out of it? I don't get the job I want, I don't get my project to move forward, I'm still not respected. Like the trade-off is not worth it. And I think that's how I look at it. I don't like the situation how it is. But even if I did all those things that I think I, sh- I should be doing, be more girly, be more smiley, be more of those things. It makes me hate myself if I'm honest. It makes me hate going to work in the morning. And and I don't get anything out of it because people put you down all the time, like the number of times that script have been stolen from me.
1: Did these experiences knock Iris's confidence? Well, it was hard to knock something that
0: didn't exist at the time. <laughs> but I think as the years went on, all of those experiences put together have given me confidence. When I realized it was a pattern, I, re- I realized, well, I decided that it wasn't my fault. As a child, learn something, you know, you fall, you think it's the end of the world, and you cry for a week and then the world's just spinning. When it happens a million times, you're like, well, the world's still there. I'm still alive, I'm still working.
1: Actually, quit whining and just do something about it. Is that the same advice you'd give someone else, a younger person getting in the industry? I would
0: tell them, be prepared for it, because that's going to happen. It shouldn't happen, but it will. You need to really love creating, you know, whether it's acting or producing or writing. You need to really love it to want to put up with it, because it's a slow change. And, you know, however activism you do, you will encounter it. So are you sure you want to expose yourself to Is it worth it to you as a person? Because it's not going to be possible to protect you from everything. So if it's not, change your career because at the end of the day, you, you want to be happy. There's no reason putting yourself in this situation, you are more likely to be miserable
1: if you don't get something worth it on the other side of it. Change is slow. It's frustrating. But Iris takes a step back from media and considers the progress that we have made in the world and insists that history must not be forgotten. Sometimes we feel we forget
0: how much ground has been covered in a century. When my mom was a child, it was not okay to divorce. And now it is. It was not okay for her to have a job. And now it is. My grandma, when she was born, couldn't fucking vote. And now she can. You know, like we have done amazing change and we need to not, like, we need to keep fighting. Don't take me wrong. But sometimes it's good to just, like, take a brief look at like 40 years ago. It is possible. We're doing it. It's just take a long time. And it's not just about the media industry, it's not just about. In my sense, misogyny and so forth—it's—it's it's the system within which we live, as well. People are capital, you know. The—the the first thing you care about is not your feeling. Most people don't give a shit about that. It's like, did you do your job? And are you going to make me money? That's the first. Step. But it is, right? That's, and and that thing—that's something to address in that. And if we really want a diverse, equal society, you know, all of what we're doing is great. It's never going to be enough. But hey, it's much better. And we can make it much better still. So just keep on fighting. Who is the person or people that need to change? I think we need to be more vocal as a group. I think it's a good, like like those DP and those first 80s voicing things. This girl that I was talking about on the film that we were this weekend, without any aggressivity, but just saying, oh, this happened and this was not okay. I think that's important. I think since as a group, we need to keep ourselves in check at all times. Iris looks at me pensively. You know, we need to be more open-minded. We need to be kinder. We need to be more daring. Yeah, a notion of courage in getting to know that otherness, whether it's gender, sexual orientation, or race. Just saying, it's a bit scary because I have no idea what it's like on this side, but like, yeah, walk me through it. Be more curious about each other. Curiosity should be the centre point of the industry, and it is not. I think that's a shame.
1: Iris' final piece of advice for other women in media. I can tell you something that people often say to me. Be kinder to yourself. Cut
0: yourself some slack. Actually, I think that's a very good advice they've given me. So I would probably just give that.
1: So often, it seems the opposite of doing something good isn't doing something bad, but rather choosing to do nothing at all. Iris is a little sass, and a lot of badass. She upsets the setup in a positive way. Like many of us, like Orchid, like Azealia, and Daisy, Iris has had to Pandora box her true emotions after dealing with these dreadful experiences. But also, like Orchid, Azealia, Daisy, and all you women and men out there, still, we rise. Like Miss Angelou said if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Never apologise for being a powerful fucking woman. And to all you men, we need you. We need you to continue to call out the madness and to continue as allies linking arm in arm with us to travel on this journey of change. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Naked Stories. This show was edited by Michael Kalizinski, sound designed by Anton Borove, produced by Anna Zurgic, Jessica Lapsiwala, and Tom Biskoski. Narratives written by Jessica Lapsiwala and myself, Rose Zokipo. See you in the next episode for more non filtered stories. For now, ciao Bella.